everyone, Rebecca here. I just wanted to let you all know that the official Patreon page for How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident is now live. We're offering things like early access to episodes, video recordings of episodes, bonus content, and more. So head on over to patreon.com slash how the fuck to subscribe. Thanks for listening. Welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? My name is Rebecca, and this is the podcast where I interview my friends, peers, and strangers to figure out, well, how the fuck they got to be so confident. In this episode, I chat with comedian, drag performer, and host of the paranormal podcast Ghosted by Roz Drasvelez, Roz Hernandez, aka Roz Drasvelez. We chat about finding ways to express yourself and cultivate authentic positivity, the benefits of exploring all parts of yourself and being anything you want to be, the importance of self-reflection and taking a step back to reevaluate your wants and needs, and so much more. This is How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? with guest Roz Hernandez, a.k.a. Roz Dresvelez. Hey, Roz. It's so nice to meet you virtually. Um... I'm I was doing some research. I was googling you. I didn't realize that your name comes from Ross Dress for Less. Is that like <laughs> something that you tell like should I have known that or like I read it in an article, but I'm now even more obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean <clears throat> that's sort of so I okay, you're catching me in like such an interesting transition in my life I'm, I mean we're all kind of transitioning yeah into new versions of ourselves I feel but um yeah for like years I was a drag queen and I still am and that's my drag name uh I also go by my real name now which is uh Ross Hernandez and my drag name it was you know I've always been this kind of person where I'm like how can I make this easy on myself Mm-hmm. because life is hard enough and with drag it's like there's this idea especially these days where it's like you have to look impeccable and you have to like have expensive fancy clothes and all this kind of stuff which I don't think is true um, but a lot of people have that idea and I've always just been like well I don't know I've got like cheap taste and I love the challenge of like finding something from like a thrift store and figuring out a way to change it to meet my personality and my needs or how can I uh, pair it with something else, whatever. So I, when I started doing drug, I didn't have any money and I was like, well, I'm just going to pick a name that lets people know right off the bat. I know that my clothes are cheap, but they look cute on me and you're not, it's a confidence thing, honestly. Yeah. And, um, and so it's just like, yeah, my name's Ross Dress for Less. I dress for less. It is, it's like, I, I actually am, I don't sh- shop a ton at the, the store Ross Dress for Less. It's just kind <laughs> of a fun name. Uh, yeah. I love the name Ross and um, now it's just the only name I go by. And Dress uh, for Less just kind of rolled off the tongue one day and it kind of, you know, it kind of lets people know that I dress for less. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I'm so excited to talk about this like new season that you're stepping into. But first, we have to go into the past. So, Roz, were you a confident kid? You know, I've always had this thing about me 
where, okay, well, let me just tell you that I'm a recovering addict. Okay. And as I look back into my life, I'm like, oh, I've kind of, kind of always had these things about me where I'm kind of like, there's gotta be more to life. And I do think that that's kind of a thing that was a part of my addiction where I was just kind of like, okay, this life is boring. I need to like alter my mood and escape or whatever. And so there's always a lot of like escaping and a lot of like, there's gotta be more to life. And so as a kid, I was always kind of like, um, like all these people lovely, like this is who I'm here with. This is the cast that I was I was casted into this role and uh, these are my co-stars and you know, we're gonna get along, but I I want more from life. I want more color. I want more, cause you know, I just like, I kind of grew up around um, like a lot of uh, cis hetero culture and uh, nothing wrong with it. But like in the nineties and early two thousands and stuff, I was just kind of like, I feel like there's more, I feel like there's more and I'm, and I believe that so truly that it just got me through life where I was just like, it's fine. I'm going to find my people. I didn't have my people growing up. And, uh, and I just, I had the, I had the confidence of knowing that there are people like me. I'm not, I'm not crazy. How did um, you, how did you know that? Like, how did you know as a kid, like, oh, there's, I'm going to find my people. Oh, there's more to life than this. Like, was that something your parents instilled in you or you just innately knew? Because a lot of people, are you from a small town or ish? Um, I'm from like a small, big city called Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. Because a lot of and people, I, yeah, go ahead. I grew up like specifically in like a pretty Catholic sports oriented community and I loved like, you know, TV and books and movies and stuff like that. So I was always kind of like, well, those people, like, what were they into when they were kids? Because those people like on TV and stuff, like, I don't think that they only like the stuff that I'm exposed to. So I'm like, there's got to be people like me, you know, there's got to be yeah. people that, that have like, um, and I'm not trying, I really am not trying to like, talk shitty about the people I from my town that I come from it's just that they weren't they didn't have the same uh goals and interests as me when I was a kid and totally. you know like even as a child like growing up as a little boy I was like trying to wear uh girl clothes as much as I you know when I had the opportunity to and um okay he well here's the story of okay mm. Here's an origin story about Ooh. confidence for me. Ooh, I I, this is who I was as a kid. Okay. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do what I want. Like I, I'm going to explore my interests. And for some <laughs> crazy reason, I was obsessed with clowns. Now, listen, I know that a lot of people find clowns terrifying, but there was something, this is, I'm talking 10 years old, nine, 10 years old. I was obsessed with clowns and the circus and where really yeah a lot of people call drag queens clowns wearing makeup developing a character being creative and developing an act is really what i was obsessed with i didn't know about drag queens i was 10 i didn't grow up today where 10 year old kids know all if they know 100 different drag queens i i didn't know any of that so i was like clowns i guess that's what it is and so i became really obsessed with clowns and i 
you know, would get books from the library. I mean, there, was, you, there wasn't even YouTube. I don't really know uh, where I would see. Uh, well, also my dad, like as a hobby, was a, like kind of a clown. Like he would do his own little thing. But I was different. I was like, even when you're a, a clown, you're like, I don't want to be like my parents. I want to do my own thing. And so I was trying to do more of like a comedic thing. And he had his own. He was more like an educational. It's a whole nother story. Anyway, <laughs> so I spent all this time like in my room, in my home. I was like, this is my private little thing where I was like learning magic tricks. I was learning how to juggle. I had jokes, honey. I had a look. I figured out how to do makeup. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is making me so happy. And it's so weird compared to all the other kids that are only into sports uh, or just, I don't know, not being clowns. I know that. And so then I started hustling around town and I would call up different organizations and I'd be like, hey, do you have a company picnic or anything coming up that I can just like, I'll do it for free. And then I started as a 10 year old, I would call on my entrepreneur. Yes. And then I started making $50 a party and I was doing like all these different things and I was putting all the money back into my act because I knew all about investing in myself. And then there was a newspaper article. Well, then I got into the circus. And um, a, a smaller, not Ringling Brothers, but like another circus that would travel around, like came to Michigan and I networked my way in there and I uh, got to be in the circus. And there was a newspaper article about me. And the next day at school, all the kids kind of like people kind of I think they kind of knew that I was like a clown, but they like, didn't like, now it wasn't the, the local newspaper. Like, that was, like <laughs> now everyone knows. And uh, so then I became like this weirdo clown in like a bully way. Uh-huh. And it really um, broke my spirit. And it was like a, it was almost like a superhero moment or something like that kind of like getting bit by the spider or something where I was just, I was faced with that that crossroads of like well do i own this or do i say no like this is being weird or being an outsider is bad and at that moment at the tender age of 10 i was like you know i just want to fit in i i'm stuck here like i i i i have to i have to fit in and so i quit i quit it all i threw it all away i threw away all my clown stuff and I gave up on it. And I remember I had a gig. <laughs> I had a gig at a Burger King that night. <laughs> I don't know. It was some event that took place in a Burger King. And I was all dressed up. And my mom drove me. And I was sitting in the back of my car in my clown outfit. And I was like crying. And I was like, I'm not going in there. I'm never doing this again. This is the saddest story you've, you've ever heard. And um, and then I quit. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to fit in. And I'm just going to survive. And I'm just going to be like everyone else. And I honestly feel like a big part of me was that way until I became like a young adult. Uh, And then I was faced with uh, exploring my gender and doing drag and all these things. And and I I thought about that little boy in the backseat of the car at the Burger King. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what makes me happy because like that pure childhood innocence and uh, that childhood creativity it's in all of us and and i think about that every day now um and i 
I, I really lean into march into the beat of your own drum and that that sort of a thing. And so if I if there's something weird and funky that I'm into, I'm like, there's going to be people that will understand and will appreciate it. And it's just a matter of putting it out there and being your most authentic self. This is the longest answer to a question. I don't even remember what the question was. No, that's what this podcast is all about. Um, Yeah, I. And it's so hard too, right? Because a lot of people don't get the opportunity to move out of that town that they were born into. Like it's a privilege to be able to like pick yourself up and move. And so some people like don't even get to experience that and that they don't get to find that community that you found. It sounds like in your adulthood, Um, I guess the internet makes it easier to like connect with people who are similarly to you. But I just, it, it, I think about the people who didn't get to move out of their hometown during the time where internet wasn't a thing and how difficult that must have been. Um, Yeah, definitely. And I mean, um, I also know a lot of people that felt that need to like, "Eh, I'm just going to do what everyone else is doing. I'm just going to wear what everyone else because it's easier and it's just less drama. And that's honestly there's elements of my life, even though I'm like this, oh, funky drag queen that talks about ghosts in LA. Like, I also have elements of that, that the pandemic made me realize I need to shed that and just be me even more than, like, I I already thought I was like, oh, I'm so me and doing my own thing. But like, I don't know, I've just had a lot of realizations recently about particularly my gender and where I want my life to go where I'm just like, okay, I need to just like not worry about fitting in or being whatever's the most understandable for people to comprehend or whatever, like just do what I want to do. Like just, you know, be my most authentic self. I don't know. What did you experience? Okay, hold on. I gotta, I'm gonna, I have so many questions. Okay. So you grad did, did you graduate high school? And then what'd you do? Or wait, you didn't. (laughs) I, God, that's another story. You're getting the stories. Do you want all these stories? I want the stories, but if you don't, if you don't feel comfortable sharing the stories, then by all means, do not share the stories. Be like, no. I well, I, I do feel that. comfortable sharing it. It's funny because I, I'm thinking about the word confidence as I'm sharing this stuff, mm-hmm. and it's because it it has been like a struggle. Confidence has been a struggle with with me throughout my entire life, but there's um. I feel like there's like one way of having confidence I've found in my life is like through something like like a skill, let's say, like if you just keep doing it over and over again, then like with that skill, you get really confident. Mm -hmm. And um, like even from like being 10, I was very confident in like, okay, I've developed a product and I'm ready to sell it. Like I'm a salesperson and the mm-hmm. product that I have is my clown act. Mm-hmm. And I'm like very confident in that. And so when I was in high school, <clears throat> the one thing that I was like pretty confident in was um, like, uh, I don't know, like acting and like, presenting myself like selling this version of myself that I had developed that wasn't really like it was just like a a version of me mm-hmm. and um and I was male presenting at the time and I was just like this is you know I've, I've worked really hard on this image of me being a male so I'm going to you know try to confidently present it to the world 
And I ended up uh, doing the first three years of high school. And then long story short, I got swept up in this performance uh, competition thing that took place in LA. And I, uh, from that, I like got all these agents and stuff. And then I, I dropped out of high school, but I homeschooled myself. Mm. Um, and then I moved out to LA my, for my senior year. It was like independent study or whatever they call it. Right, 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 right. Okay. So you've been in LA for, uh, for a little bit then. And, um, Cause you came straight out of literally in high school here. Um, yeah, I lived so alone when- and I was schooling myself and working, um, when I was 17. That's so wild. Um, so what were you, so you, what were you doing like performance wise when you first got to LA? Well, it was very short, um, because I, uh, the first day I moved to LA, um, I went to the liquor store next door and I was going to get a snack or something. And I saw like these little kids buy booze. And I was like, what? Like at this particular liquor store, they just like were allowed to. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try that. And I Mm -hmm. did. And I was like already again, you know, I'm an addict and I was already dealing with that um, on my own in high school in Michigan. And I was like, I was going to start drinking. And then I just kept being able to buy booze. They would never card me. And so I just kept drinking and partying way too hard. And I was just like, you know, I did like a couple of commercials and stuff, but I was like so wrapped up in that. And that just like led to like a number of years of just drinking and doing drugs. And we were still a kid. You're like, Oh my God, it was so hard. It was so I did not know how to do anything on my own. Like I, it was, it was so much pressure. It was so much like, Oh my God, I don't even know how to like do laundry. Like I didn't know like how to do anything. And I was also really struggling with my sexuality and my gender and all this stuff. And then it was also, it was a different time here in LA with, um, I mean, at the time I was male presenting and I was, um, I was, you know, identifying as a gay man, mm-hmm. but it was like this. We're talking like 2008, and that was like, like right before like Modern Family and like that whole wave of like. Mm. So I and I was a teenager, so it was like there wasn't like out gay male teenagers, and I was just like really like nervous and talking to like managers and agents and stuff about it and being like, no, let's not share that and let's like you know keep it a secret. Like it was like a lot of that and I was just really like I don't know what to do I just want I just want a man yeah um and so it was like a real that was a real struggle at the time and then like entertaining the idea of like being trans or or anything like that was just kind of like that's I can't even comprehend that right now like I've got so many other things going on yeah that's a lot to deal I mean moving in and of itself is like a huge thing and then now you're adding on top of like adding to that like gender identity and addiction and being a kid and like it's so much it's so much for a brain to process and to for a soul to figure out uh when did you when did you feel like you start started to like get your footing in LA and like figure out 
Oh God. Well, oh, not I, until like, I got sober. I got oh, okay. sober. Uh, July, or sorry, January thirtieth of twenty fifteen. And then very shortly after that, I, I mean, I was instantly like, I'm done. And I got to like, get my life going. And so that's when I started to like, find my tribe of, of reliable friends and um, figure out a career. And that's when I started to like, really get into drag more. And um I feel like that's in many ways, like when my life kind of started, I was just kind of mm-hmm. like a mess, like on a bad path from like uh, when I first moved out until like that time I got sober. What made you want to get sober, if you don't mind me asking, if, unless it's too personal? Um. Well, I mean, I had like a real serious, serious problem. Like it was to the point where it was like, couldn't wake up without doing something. Mm-hmm. And... I, I mean, I I feel very confident that I would be dead or in prison or something now. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. there's just no way I wouldn't. And especially being so young, it's like, sometimes when you're young and you get sober, people are like, oh, you were just young and partying. And it's like, yeah. you know, it was like a whole, like, it was like a real thing for me. Yeah. Like it was like rehab and detox and like, it was like a lot of stuff. And um and I was also at that point, even though I was still like in my early 20s, I was like, I have wasted so much time. And like, I, I came out here to like perform and do things. And I'm just like, I'm not doing anything. I don't have like much to show. And I was so much of it was just not being comfortable with who I was. And I was mm-hmm. hiding behind drugs and alcohol. And um, it was just that's you know it's it's one way to you could kill yourself trying to figure out who you are it's like there's other ways to figure out who you are and to be comfortable with yourself and be confident with yourself it was just leading to drama and drama and drama and um and so that's when I really leaned into drag and drag too was it's not it's it's certainly not the same as what drugs and alcohol were in the sense, you know, it's obviously not damaging, uh, but it was like kind of a buffer for me to in some ways hide behind, you know, mm. it's like you, you take a couple of drinks, you're like, okay, now I'm confident. Now I'm free. And sure. putting on a giant wig and makeup and flashy clothes is like, can be that for someone like me as well. And, uh, kind of lead you to being your most authentic uh, version. And um, I think that certainly at first when I was really leaning into doing drag around that time, that's what it was. But then as I got more comfortable and confident, I started to realize like, it's kind of like the scene from the movie where you're like, oh, it was in you the whole time. You didn't need the drugs or the wigs. Like you, you had that, uh, that most charismatic part of you. Yeah, and it's only hard been... to find. That shit's hard to find. Oh, I understand. Yeah. I, I understand everything that you're saying completely. It's only been until like the pandemic when that being able to be out in front of crowds of people dressed in fun, funky ways where I was kind of, where I kind of had the realization that 
like I don't get me wrong. I love drag and it's something that is so fun and it's been so huge for my life, but I've kind of realized like, oh, I was hiding who I was. I was, mm. I mean, I got to the point the past few years where I was like, if I'm not in drag, I don't want to be like in pictures. I don't want mm. like, you can't, I don't want to do anything if I'm not in drag. And, um, and I've kind of come to the realization of like what that means for me. And so I'm kind of stepping back from doing drag. I'm not quitting at all, but I'm just, it used to be the only way I would present myself to the world. And now I'm like, I'm going to show the world like me without all that stuff. Yeah. What made you want to do that? Like um, I, you mentioned like the pandemic having an effect on, you know, I, I mean, every, it's it's caused everybody to collectively go inward and make changes or transitions. But I'm wondering specifically how it affected you, because it sounds like it did in a big way. Yeah, I've been having the past couple of years. I've really been. Uh, I'm hesitant to say the word struggling, but just it's been on my mind a lot about my gender identity mm-hmm. Um I think there's a lot of things I've ignored for a while in regards to it because I've always just kind of been like, well, I got, I got a gig tomorrow. I don't have time to sit here and think about this. Of course. And um, so I think in the pandemic and especially the past few years, I don't know about you and I've lived a very queer life. I did not know the, the, the words uh, for people that are not either, you know, binary trans people or cis people, you know, I knew trans women, Mm -hmm. I knew trans men, I knew cis men, I knew cis women. I didn't, I didn't know words for anybody in between, Mm -hmm. um, up until just a few years ago. And then when I started learning that, I was like, oh, okay, maybe that's like a little bit more about who, like of who I am. And then I've kind of, and but I'm like, well, but I, I don't know if I'm a little bit of both. I think I'm a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that. And then I started to learn like, oh, you, it can be whatever you want it to be. And then I've kind of gotten to that point. And I think a lot of people as well have gotten to that point because it just wasn't a conversation that was, that was in our society. And so I think that with this time from the pandemic, I've really been like, okay, like it's time. Like I've been, I've identified as non-binary for the past few years or gender fluid. And then in the pandemic, I'm like, I think I need, you know, this expression of femininity that I did five to seven days a week as a drag queen before the pandemic, as soon as it's taken away from me, I'm like this, it's not just like a job. It's like that part of it is a need for me to express myself and to entertain and to make people laugh and to act and to do all these things. I have to do it as my most feminine side. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how I feel though. I do have, you know, lots of butch tendencies as well. And so in the pandemic, I've just been like, okay, I think it's time to like really explore that more. And to get to that place of when I'm in drag, that confidence that I have when I'm in drag, uh, that allows me to feel free and feel like I've got no insecurities. I am owning every moment of this. That authentic positivity, I feel, draws people 
it draws more positivity to to you because it's real and there's no denying how uh how real it is when you're around someone that is so confident in their own skin and when i don't have when i didn't have all the drag on for a long time i was like everyone stay away don't look at me and I just can't live my life like that anymore. So I'm I'm on this journey right now of trying to get to a place where I can feel the way I do in drag while out of drag. Oh man, yes. I that is that's a big that's a big thing to like recognize and then to like act on it, to actively cultivate that. What are what are you doing to to help you do that to help you feel authentically you whether you're in drag or not like are there things you're like a therapy or like I don't know journaling what what do you what do you do yeah well I mean there is therapy there is um you know I'm in recovery and so yeah do that kind of a thing and I've been really into morning pages Mm. I've been doing that for the past couple of months and it's been major for me and, you know, some slight physical alterations here to to help the outside match the inside. Mm-hmm. And that's been very helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to get myself a new wardrobe, trying to just I'm really exploring, you know, I'm just I'm just going where it feels right. And yeah. I think a lot of us in the pandemic have realized, like, the things that we did for a long time in our lives that. We're like, okay, from being away from that, I don't want to do that again. And I feel that way with a lot of things. I feel that way with certain jobs I used to do. Um, Just, you know, I'm just kind of avoiding people and things and whatever that I used to be around. And then all of a sudden I spent over a year not being around them. And I'm like, yeah, I like I like this not being around those situations. Yeah. yeah. It also sounds like you're. And correct me if I'm wrong, but like valuing yourself in a way that like is bigger and and because um, it's like, oh, I'm buying myself new clothes. Like in order to do that, you have to first value yourself and know like, oh, I'm worth this investment or or whatever terms you want to use for that. And I feel like learning to value ourselves regardless of what other people how other people feel about us is like also a huge journey and as I'm an improviser so as someone who did not get the instant gratification the past year and a half during the pandemic that I'm used to getting that's like a whole thing too it's like oh oh Oh, wait a second you're not I have no one to clap for me I have no one to laugh I have no one to watch me so like now how do I give that to myself I know that's major. I mean, I, yeah, I've dealt with that as well. And, um, you know, I'm one of these people that's like a, a grateful recovering alcoholic. I, I'm, I actually am very grateful for the whole thing because that puts, it put me in a position where it's life or death for me to take control of my life and to not put it on other people. And from learning that it's like you get sober and it's so scary. And every single day you do 
more and more things that you felt like you couldn't do without being drunk or high or whatever. And then you start to build, I'm sorry, I keep using the word confidence. How's the and confidence? That's the point, baby. That's the point. Okay. How's, the, how's the counter doing? I probably have said it like 10 times already. We're good. Um, We're great. But you, you know, you keep doing things that there was so many things that for me, I was like, I can't talk in front of a room with people unless I've had a few drinks. And then like the first time you do it, you're like, oh, I just did it without drinking. And now I can do that again. And then you just keep doing that. I mean, that's how we learn how to speak, really. It's like you just learn a couple of words and then you just keep doing it and then you get your confidence. And um, so I was I were from the experience of getting sober. I now know, like, you have to listen to yourself. You have to check in with yourself. You have to know when uh, you got to leave the party. You got to know, like, what is good for yourself because you can't. Other people are not in control of your relationship with yourself. That is a personal, beautiful relationship. And I have to listen to myself and being in like, you know, trying to survive and being busy and all that stuff is wonderful. But what I realized when all of it was taken away is like, I've been ignoring myself and I need to listen to myself because it is, it's maybe not quite as life or death as drugs and alcohol, but like, it's kind of, I mean, mentally and spiritually and emotionally, like it's, it's, it's do or die. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you have to take care of that. And that's, yeah. I mean, sorry to be cliche, but if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody it's else? It's true. It is so true. What is your relationship with spirituality now that you bring that up? Well, you know, I have this podcast called Ghosted by Ross Dressville. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Where I talk to people about ghosts. And that's actually been huge for my relationship with spirituality. And, you know, because I, I talk to people of all different religions and you know, upbringings and cultures. And um, I, I actually, you know, my life is so centered around talking to people around about ghosts and about dying and about living and about um, the spiritual realm that I'm constantly... Um, open and consuming more ideas about that and so you know I, I don't I don't really you know I'm, I'm not a part of any specific spiritual practice or um, religion or anything like that but I do feel that I'm a very spiritual person I I do what I call praying because I don't know any other word to use um, and I do that probably every night. It actually helps me fall asleep. Uh, and then I, uh, you know, my morning pages to me is kind of like a prayer, meditation, reflection, goal setting. You know, it's like, it's a lot of checking in with myself. And sometimes I'll just be writing on the page, like, uh, help me like help me today with this thing god or mother nature or whoever it is whichever one of you it is what of you help me <laughs> yeah um i'm too i am too like a, a spiritual person but I'm, i don't i'm not like a religious person um mm -hmm. but i find that I don't know what a word for the prayer. It's not a prayer. I, I know exactly what you're saying. It's like a chat. It's like a chat with the universe. Um, it's super helpful. And morning pages sounds like it's a ritual for you. And is rituals are so important for our society. And um, 
not everybody has a ritual, but I think it's like, it's just like so important. And a lot of, we lacked a lot of it during COVID. Like even the ritual, since we're talking about loss and spirituality of like having a funeral, I didn't realize how ritualistic and essential it is for like human beings to mourn the loss of another person and until it was taken away in COVID when they were doing like Zoom funerals. And it's oh, like, yeah. it's just like a whole different, whole different thing. Um, when do you feel most confident? Um, I feel most confident. Well, at this point in my life, I still feel most confident when I'm in drag as I'm working on figuring out how to get more confident without being in drag. So it's like, you know, I've done it so much that it's like, I know how to make myself look where if I look in the mirror, I'm like, you are perfect. You are divine. One of my uh, really good friends who's um, a drag icon named Jackie Beat, I was doing a, I was hosting some big pride event a couple of years ago with her and I was backstage and I was like, God, I look good. And I was just kind of joking. And somebody was back there and they're like, wow, you're cocky. And she was like, you would never want a drag queen to not think that about themselves. And I'm like, yeah, I've always felt that way too. But hearing her say that, I'm like, yes, that's exactly right. Like you got to like get to that place so that people will want to listen to what you have to say or pay attention to you or whatever. Like it's, it's like confidence is such a huge part of drag, I feel. Yeah, and, so, and it goes beyond drag into like everyone should be able to look at themselves in the mirror and be like, yeah, you look good. Like you look great, you know, and yeah, I don't or like, like that someone was like best cocky version. Much. Yeah, you know, it's not to me. It's not. Oh, I look hotter than everyone else here. Like, it's not even that. It's like I look the hottest that I can get myself to look. And yeah. that is like it's not going to get any better than this. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to live in that. And, you know, that's what I strive for with, like, anything. Like, I mean, I feel very confident about, like, I could interview people about ghosts. I know how to do that. And a lot of times it is like doing homework. Like, doing your homework, if you're about to take a test and you did your homework, you walk into that room like, oh, no one is going to mess with me. I know every answer already. And I feel like that's a huge part of confidence. And I think that that's you know, like improvising, you know, I do a lot of stand up and, and stuff that is improvised on stage. And it's like, the more you do it, the more confident you are. So that's homework. That's doing the homework. Um, totally. So anytime I'm doing stuff that I'm like, oh, I'm prepared. I have done this. I'm just always trying to get to that place where I'm like, nothing's going to scare me. That's what I want. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So then what was, what has been, it been like during COVID when you haven't been able to perform? Have you, has it been as, has it been difficult for you? Has it been like less difficult than you thought it was? Some people are like, oh my God, I loved it. I'm actually an introvert. I didn't know that. I connected mm -hmm. so much with myself. And other people are like, I fucking hated it. And I don't know who I am anymore. Like where, where do you lie on that spectrum as a performer? Well, yeah, again, I mean, there was, there were certain things where I was like, oh, now I realize how much I don't miss like being in loud, crazy nightclubs. Not for me. 
I, I didn't really like it to begin with. I convinced myself that I did, but now I've realized like, I don't like that. And not having the stress of like, oh my God, I have to be at that nightclub in a couple of nights and it's gonna be so loud and it's gonna be so chaotic. And like, I'm somebody that likes to talk. So like, I would like sometimes like have to be on a microphone in like a nightclub where it's like, we stop the party and then everyone has to listen to me talk. It's like, no one wants that. No one wants to hear me talk. Like, I hate this, like the anxiety of that. So not doing that kind of a thing has been great. Um, but it has been very hard. And I fell into a deep, dark depression. And I've realized since uh, the past few months, like, oh my God, I was so depressed. And sure, I was like having fun days and I like at home and laughing and and still having a good time. But I was like, actually like really, really depressed. And um, so much of it was like my creative outlets uh was you know kind of taken away mm -hmm. and i don't know how to live without that and i've just realized that that really put me into a place of not being my best self i mean especially these past few like weeks and months of being out and being back in the hustle where i'm like I feel so much happier. Wow. Like surprise, surprise. Like this is just like a huge part of my life. I have to do this stuff. So yeah, it was tough. It was really tough. How did you deal with it in the moment? Like, how did you deal with that depression? Cause I know some people are still kind of feeling that. Um, I didn't deal with it. Well, <laughs> I, uh, you know, since I can't do drugs and alcohol, I turned to like eating, shopping, you know, yeah. like any, anything fun. Um, I cannot do in moderation and <laughs> I mean either. I gained uh close to 30 pounds in the year from and not in a healthy way I was like just oh who cares like you deserve it just like eat all that ice cream like just do what I like and I saw a lot of infographics and stuff that told me oh it's fine take you deserve it and I was like, okay, well then I guess that means that I deserve like the whole menu at Del Taco. Let's do mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I just was doing it in such a way that was just not, it wasn't taking care of myself. It was the opposite. And, um, and it was bad. It was really bad. And um, I wasn't being, I wasn't being my best self. I mean, I was just, I was depressed. I wasn't fun to be around and and it ultimately led to me going through a breakup, which was really tough because, and, and I honestly don't blame my ex because it's like, I just wasn't, I wasn't my best self. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. I was like, just, I just want to lay on the couch and eat. Like yeah. who wants to be around that? I don't blame them. Yeah. But, but I mean, fucking it's a pandemic, like everything it's everything's different like every the way that anybody deals with anything during a period of isolation like that and a period of like panic and fear is like to me it's understandable we are just trying to serve we it's how, how could we thrive when we were just trying to survive you know so i know my like i'm on medication for mental health and depression and um i had to increase that bitch all the way to max dose like i like and like that's just it is what it is. Um, did you deal with this breakup during the pandemic or af or during quarantine or after? I mean, we we got right to the end of like pre-vax. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's only been in, I think it's been almost four months or something now. It's like March of 2020. 
what year are we in? Twenty twenty one. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and that was a huge wake up call. Again, it's like sometimes I, for me, sometimes I just have to like things that I love just have to be taken away from me, and then I'm like, okay, me too. I learned my lesson. Me fucking too. And so I'm back to the to the grind of just being my best self and focusing on myself and um, taking care of myself so that eventually one day I can be a good partner to somebody. And it's like now I can add to my list like how to deal with a pandemic if God forbid it happens again. Like let's not just turn to overeating and sitting on the couch. Like let's let's make a better effort. Like because again, so much of it for all of us, it's like we didn't know how long it was gonna last. No, especially at the beginning. I'm like, yeah, I'll have a slumber party for two weeks. Who cares? And then after two weeks, you're like, oh, it's gonna be a couple more months. Okay, and it's like at that point. Yeah, sure. I should have been like, well, then I'm going to work out every day and I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But it's like, I just, that's not what I did. No, I, And I, I, I'm hoping I learned a lesson from that. Um, and I'll, uh, yeah. I, I'm ever- not mad at myself for yeah. it because I understand and I'm compassionate towards myself and, and all of us for, for being in that position. But I'm hoping that um, I can just, you know, I started going to therapy, but it was like, I should have done that soon. I should have done it right away. Mm. You know, I just need to like pay attention to the signs that will lead me in that kind of darkness. Yeah. Do you remember at the beginning of um, pandemic when people were doing like the push, the push up challenge was a thing. People were like bored and doing like, they're like, oh, it's day, day like 12 of being in my house. I hate this. And it's now looking back and we did like a year and a half of it. Just like go back through your Instagram stories or your photos and just look at how utterly ridiculous it was back when we thought that 12 days was a long time. And I then know. it's I just- remember being so happy. Like, oh, all I need is a break because I was going hard at the time with work and stuff. And I was just like, this is, I've been wanting a break so bad. I'm going to write something, you know, all this stuff. And then, of course, no. But luckily, you know, podcasting really got me through. Podcasting was sure only like an hour a week of my life, but like the big, it was so big for me. I mean, it was like the most happy moments of my year were like podcasting and me too. Gave me an opportunity to, I guess, perform in some ways. Yeah, and, and connect, connect with other people, people. Yeah. and like learn things and like that's a good question. What what did you learn? throughout doing your what have you learned throughout the your podcast obviously you've learned like a lot of stuff about spirituality and ghosts and that sort of thing but have you learned anything about like yourself or like how like what have you learned oh my god so many things yeah you know i i find that there's like just stuff that i can apply to life that i've like sometimes i'll talk to friends and we'll be talking about our our life issues and I'd be like you know it's kind of like when someone has a haunted house like I'm always like going back to like I there's like lessons that I learn from talking to people about ghosts it's like the weirdest thing I of course I can't think of any of them right now but um god I don't know I mean yeah I don't I god I wish I had a better answer for it no but it's like it's like connecting it's like you you've learned by listening and connecting to another person because you're pulling like, oh, that reminds me of this thing. So it, it, it's like 
just being able to connect with another human being sounds like it was something that you've learned like you learned from connecting i learned a lot from just like um learning how to use fucking tech equipment like Mm -hmm. besides learning a lot about like confidence in people's tips and tricks it's like when you learn a new skill you talked a little bit about this when you learn a new skill that just builds on the confidence that you already have so it's like i didn't know how to use a fucking whatever this fucking box over here is before and now i like i know how to use the dials and like that gives me confidence to like take on other new things so i wondered if you feel like that at all with your podcast yeah i'm well when i started doing the podcast i was somebody that i grew up in a house that was pretty haunted in some ways. Um, and I just always kind of believed in this stuff. And I, I feel like I've had a, a number of experiences in my lifetime with the other side. And then I had this idea for this podcast and I kind of approached it as just like, oh, I'm a drag queen comedian that wants to talk to people about ghosts. And as time has gone on more, I'm like, so into this stuff it's not even funny i watch all the paranormal tv shows i go to these haunted places i talk to people that are professionals in that world and celebrities and drag queens and and people that listen to the show and i've just like never ending learning about this stuff and when i talk to some of these like world-renowned people that have their own tv shows about ghosts and they're always like the more i do this the less i know about it because you just kind of it's just you're constantly surprised by what what is possible and it's been kind of fun because you it's almost like something you can apply to life as well where it's like who are we to know everything like you know that's what i'm kind of always like for me personally, and, and with my podcast, I'm never, I don't have an agenda to make people believe in this stuff. If you want to just listen to it for entertainment, then I, I think you'll find that as well. But uh, I just personally feel like, uh, who am I to be like, oh, there's there's no such thing as ghosts or aliens or whatever. Like, I don't know. Um, it's just because I, you, you don't see something doesn't mean it's not real. And, you know maybe it's a good way to get confidence in life by being like, you know, who, who's to say that I wouldn't be able to achieve this goal or yeah. this thing. That's so You know, true. so many things in life you don't see until someone does it. So why not just do it? That's so true. Um, that's absolutely true. What, what have you ever been given a, as we wrap up, have you ever been given a piece of advice or you could just, if you have one to impart on people on how, if they don't feel confident, ways that they can cultivate that confidence for themselves. Um, let's see here. God, I'm sure I have this stuff in this brain somewhere. If not, it's to- it's not a big deal. But sometimes people are like, this yes, is stuff I've I've heard, heard this from other thing. people or from either me. way. Okay, well, Whatever. a thing that for me that's important for my confidence is something from sobriety again, where I just, I cling on to the word proud. Um, pride month, 12 months a year. <laughs> I, I say, no, I, I don't like at the end of the day, like review my day and go through it. And I don't do that. But 
I like to think throughout my day, will I be proud of myself at the end of the day for doing this, that, or the other thing? Like if I uh, abuse this food, will I be proud about it tonight uh, when I go to bed? Or am I going to be mad uh, at myself? Uh, you know, something that I've done many times in my life is like, oh, I'm trying to be funny and I say something and instead it hurts someone's feeling. Now I get faced with that situation. Am I, how do I, what do I do about this? Do I apologize? Do I double down on it? Like, what do I do? Cause I know that at the end of the day, I'm going to be faced with, oh shit, why did I say that? Oh my God, I can't believe I said that. Now I can't sleep tonight. Like, I'm just like, uh. so it's like, how do I get to a place where I, and it sounds really selfish as I say this out loud, but just living a life where I'm like, I don't want to be mean to people. I don't want to do shitty things. I don't want to be mean to myself. I just have to, uh, be the best version of myself I can be because I want to be proud of of my actions and not be afraid to say I'm proud of myself like I think that we live in this world where again it's like wow you're cocky but it's like I don't know I think everyone should feel good about themselves I've I, people have been before like what's your favorite podcast mine are you kidding me you think i would say somebody else's i created this is my brain it's like everything that i love why would i not say mine that totally. makes me cocky you're insane don't call totally. me cocky because something that is all of my loves together is my favorite thing absolutely you know? so i'm always just like don't be afraid like i understand there's like a very fine line there but like I don't know whether you tell people or not. I try, I try to strive to be really proud of myself. And it's, I'm not saying I always am, but I strive for that. And I think it's important to get yourself through because again, for me, if I'm, if I spend enough time not being proud of myself, glug, 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 and right. get me some drugs. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. I just have to really stay on top of that. Does, this is my last question, even though I could keep asking you questions forever. Um, how, whatever your, whatever you think happens when our physical body dies, has that changed the way that you operate in your day-to-day -day life? Oh my God. That has been a huge thing from talking to people about ghosts and stuff is, um, I personally, now I don't like to say anything set in stone about anything ever because in two years I might change my mind completely. So don't hold me to anything. But <clears throat> I have felt from talking to people that are like psychics that I actually think are real psychics because it's mm -hmm. like, how would you know that? Like that kind of situation or just so many people where I'm like, why would you make that story up? You're not the kind of person that would make that up. I truly believe that <laughs> when you die, you uh you go on to another life that's what i believe i think you go on to another life um and you're reincarnated i think that we've lived lives before this is just my personal belief and um and it's brought me so much comfort it has brought me so much comfort just to know that it's like yeah you get this lifetime with these circumstances make the most of it but it's not like you're never going to live again. I, mm. That's just what I think. Yeah. No, I'm just so interested in hearing your perspective because I know that you've talked about talked to so many different experts and, and heard but, so many different things. But the thing is with like ghosts, it seems 
that a lot of times it's like you live this life and sometimes you die tragically or sometimes you die but you're still like pissed off about something or whatever for whatever reason you're stuck here and you don't get to go to the next one and um that's how people i believe uh become ghosts um but but okay again i'm always surprised and i'm always people tell me things i'm like okay well that goes against my theory so i don't know but it gives me comfort it gets me through where i'm like as fun as it would be to be a ghost i don't want to be bitter and stuck here because i didn't achieve something that whole un finished business kind of Casper idea where it's like (laughs) I need to do my best to do everything I need I was set here to do I think that we have goal like we were given we're given things to achieve in life and um we're all put here for a reason and I'm just gonna do my best at that in this lifetime and not sit here stressing out about like oh no one day i'm gonna die and then i'm buried and it's over like no the things that we put out in the world live live on forever podcasts live on forever sometimes for good or bad (laughs) uh you know it's like the memories the wonder i don't know yeah totally 1000 percent. okay i'm gonna (laughs) recap i'm gonna recap okay raza's tips for confidence and uh if correct me if i'm wrong for any of these I love a good note. Okay. <clears throat> Explore your interests. Lean into what makes you happy and follow your passions. Find a community you fit into. Childlike whimsy is in all of us. Lean into that. Put it out there and be your authentic self. Do what you want. Get help if you need it. Explore your agen- gender identity. You can be whatever you want to be. I love that. Find ways to express yourself and cultivate authentic positivity therapy morning pages explore things that uh what did i write that aid in valuing yourself start doing little things that build on each other which will eventually give you confidence listen to yourself and check in with yourself connect with your spirituality reflection goal setting do your homework take a step back and reevaluate if your interests are the same i loved that one too um Focus on yourself, learn, have compassion for yourself, find what interests you and follow it. Who's to say I can't do this thing? Will I be proud of myself at the end of the day? Be the best version of yourself to both yourself and other people. Okay. When you put it like that, it sounds pretty wise. It's a a wise list. Is there anything you want to add or change? Um. Well, like you said, one thing about like your gender identity, yeah. you can be whoever you want. And like with stuff like that, I feel like any identity, it doesn't necessarily have to be yeah. your gender, you know? It's like just anything in life, you can be whatever you want. Yeah, it was about like exploring yourself. And I mean, don't be a murderer or don't like, you know, but yeah, explore. Explore yourself. Yeah, and you can be whatever you want to be. You don't have to be in a box or you don't even have to give yourself a label if that's not something you want to have or if it is something you want to have you can give that to yourself which is um, such a like we live in an exciting time where that is like there these conversations did not happen up until recently and i know it's so lovely i know people that are like you know 50s 60s even 70s 80s like i have friends of all ages that are just kind of like we didn't have this conversation when i was younger and it's like maybe it's time to rethink things like mm-hmm. i don't know like yeah, I think rethinking things, and you you brought that up too in this, which is like, 
I used to like to do this thing or I like the nightclub thing, for instance, and then like, let me take a step back, reevaluate if that's still in line with my interests and what makes me happy. And if it's not change it, which takes a substantial amount of effort to just like notice it. And then you have to make the change, which I think is like, I don't know. I think it's super cool and is shows such growth in human beings when we're able to do that. So well, thank Listen you so much. to your heart when when you. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, oh, you're you. such a gem. This was such a treat. And, um, and tell I'll... people to listen to my podcast. Oh, yeah. Go go plug yourself. Where can everybody oh. find you? I'm always so bad. I always forget to, to, go, to go. Where can people find you? Where um, can people find you? I mean, my main thing, because uh, I consider it social media in some ways as well as my podcast. Uh, I'm not like amazing at social media um, when it comes to like Instagram and stuff. Instagram, it's Ross Hernandez. Um, my podcast is called Ghosted by Ross Drez Velez. And I have on celebrities and paranormal professionals and everyday people that talk about their experiences with ghosts and UFOs and all that kind of stuff. So listen to it every Thursday. Oof, we love it. We love to hear it. Uh, thank you so much for your time. And um, I will talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And you can also head over to patreon.com slash howthefuck for bonus episodes, video content, and more. Thanks again. <laughs> <laughs>